Hey friend, are you new here? My name is Emma. I started an Instagram account my senior year of high school called Heaven One Day after some intense pain happened within the church I was attending at the time. I started sharing words from God in a time I couldn't quite see what was ahead of me. It's been four years and I'm still here, sharing what I've been learning in this life. I do not pretend to have it together, but I do serve a God who does. I have more questions than answers today. Do you? I think that's okay. Why is life so hard? I'm not sure. But I do know we serve a God who is near in our questioning. Here at Heaven One Day, we are clinging to the promises of God's truth. There will be a day when there will be no more tears and pain. Want to ask questions with me in the middle? Listen to The Hod Pod. Seek out Christian community where you are and join me this summer in asking questions together. Let's do a lot more asking this summer than telling. Join me on The Hod Pod for more questions and silly laughs with the God who sees and knows us. I don't know all, but I do know we serve a God who does. He is faithful, clinging to his words till we get to heaven one day. Y'all, I am so excited for this episode. I have my boyfriend, Evan Revis, on this episode. And y'all, his story is insane. Um, He's the most gospel-driven person I know, and I'm just so excited for you to listen to this episode. Stay tuned till the end, because you will hear an original song by Evan Revis called what is heaven like um he is a truth seeker loves the lord loves the bible and is a living depiction of the gospel i'm so excited so buckle up put on your airpods do your thing it's a long one but it's good love you guys here you go three two one you're kind of nervous yeah i'm a little nervous Mm, okay Hey everybody, welcome back to the Heaven One Day podcast. My name is Emma. I am your host of the Heaven One Day podcast, also known as the Hot Pod. And I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Evan Revis, also known as my boyfriend. Evan, say hey. What's up, y'all? <laughs> I'm y'all, I'm so excited to have Evan on the podcast. Um <laughs> This is going to be so hard to do. It's going to be crazy. Um, Yeah. So Evan is my boyfriend. We've been dating for the past, how long has it been? Almost two months. Um, Known each other longer than that. Known each other longer than that. Story at a later date. But um, yeah, uh, he's great and life's awesome. And um, we're going to hear his story. Uh, Who are you, Evan? Tell the people. Um, Okay. My name's (laughs) Evan. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your life story? (laughs) such a deep question yeah. um my name's evan last name revis middle name jackson if anyone's curious <laughs> um i was born in hermitage tennessee at summit hospital at <laughs> on september 2nd oh my lord 2000 no uh i'm from um the nashville tennessee area grew up here my whole life and where do you uh, go to school i go to belmont university oh wow That's what's your major evan? how i met you oh yeah um my major is music business wow okay all right and what are the three things that you're passionate about in life you need to tell the people i'm passionate about uh music and ministry and serving other people and helping other people Mm. so So good so good okay i'm gonna just we're gonna run right on into it um i ask everyone this question but what's your story with god okay so I'm going to try to make this as short as possible um, (laughs) while not leaving out too much content. But um, I grew up in the church. Um, Grandfather was a pastor. Um, So I had that influence in my life. Um, My mother was a single mom. Um, I have no contact, don't know my father at all, have no relationship with him. So... My mom and I got really close, uh, as you know, um, and yeah, uh, got really close with my grandfather and several other men in my life, um, who became like fathers to me. Um, but yeah, so I grew up hearing all the church, you know, stories, all the Bible stories and everything like that. And, uh, when I was about 10 years old, um, I think part of it was, was true faith and then another part of it was well when you're baptist you know you're told about hell a lot and so (laughs) i was like a little scared of that that idea um but i also did believe in uh 
did believe that Jesus was Lord and wanted him to be Lord of my life. So it was, it was a mixture of both. But as I grew into my faith, as I'll talk about later, um, that flipped. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, my mom and I were very close. She actually, um, is why I'm doing music. I started doing theater, uh, musical theater because of her, um, musical theater. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I started doing musical theater and then eventually I started doing choir and then songwriting and singing and everything like that. So, um, yeah, um, about the biggest part of my life where everything changed and my life just changed forever. Um, my mom was diagnosed with stage four terminal bone cancer when I was 12 years old. Um, I just turned 12. And she had actually already had cancer previously. Um, But yeah, so she was diagnosed with that. She was given two weeks to live um, at first. And she ended up battling for two more years. Um, But during that, I battled a lot and faced a lot of doubt and was very angry at the Lord. Um, And I also wasn't in the best place with the Lord. just because of sin reasons and, and things of that nature. Um, and so I didn't really feel like I could go to him. One, because I felt like I needed to clean myself up before mm-hmm. I came to him and uh, could sit in his presence. But I also um, didn't really want to out of mm-hmm. the uh, doubt and the anger that I had. Um, towards my mom being sick. So, yeah, that kind of lasted for um, three years after she was diagnosed. So, anyway, um, we lived with my grandparents, um, and I mentioned my grandfather was a pastor. Um, He started preaching when he was 14, did a few other things in life other than preaching like business, politics, all those things, and then started being a pastor again and uh, did that till his... uh, death um so he became a big influential figure in my faith uh especially after um everything that happened with my mom so yeah um we lived with my grandparents for a while and um then my my grandmother and uh, my mother uh you know they love each other but they (laughs) butt heads uh, they butted heads for a little bit. So we moved in with a good family friend of ours and, and he became like a, uh, a father to me. Um, definitely was one of those men who filled that void. Um, yeah. So, uh, his name was Randy anyway. Um, 2013 still in sixth grade. And, um, one day we were driving, he came to pick me up at my grandmother's house. And so we were driving back to his house. And, um, as we were pulling into his neighborhood, um, we were T-boned and, uh, I blacked out. Don't remember what happened. All I, you know, next thing I know is I'm looking up at the sky, laying on the ground and there's just a bunch of people over me and they're asking me, you know, who can we contact to let, you know, know what's happened. So I gave him my mom's phone number. Anyway, I was, uh, an ambulance came to pick me up. They took me to, uh, Lebanon, which is where I'm from the airport there. And I was lifelighted to Vanderbilt, which that's not really a far distance. Lebanon's about like 35 minute, uh, drive from Nashville. Um, so yeah, it was lifelighted and, um, had nothing but a minor concussion um miracle that i'm still here wow and um the lord's hand was definitely on on my life that day um i didn't hear till the next day but randy was dead on arrival Uh, i'm pretty sure he's dead on impact um so yeah so that's when my life wow. really changed drastically and um, I started experiencing the weight of grief and um, sin being present in my life and then also, you know, the weight of my mom being sick and mm. 
just a lot of complicated things going on. Um, so fast forward to 2014, my mom, her health progressively got worse. She was, um, put in hospice and, um, a week before her birthday, she passed. So after that point, the next two years were the darkest of my life. I experienced extreme depression, loneliness. I felt a lot like had a lot of abandonment um, issues, as you can you know tell for someone who goes through something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was very hard. Um, I was very angry with the Lord but yet I would still pray in desperation and ask for healing and um, for the Lord to take the pain away and um, forgive me and that was just kind of a daily thing and I would just kind of sit in the darkness of my room and just weep and pray and not knowing that God would even answer my prayers and I didn't even feel him in that time I didn't really I say I didn't hear him I did hear him um, just wasn't in the way that you would think um, anyway the last thing that I told my mother was that I would make her proud and so what his what stuck out with me and kind of what kept me going because there were there was a point where I did think about taking my own life Uh, I never like had anything planned, but I just had the feeling like I do not want to live anymore. Mm. And, um, yeah. So what kept me going was just remembering who my mother was. And I mean, she was just, and you can ask anybody who knew her. She was a light. She loved people she was so positive and a pillar of strength i mean she was a teacher she taught for 29 years and um while she was um teaching school i mean she would um while she was excuse me while she was battling cancer she would be teaching school and um when she had breaks she would lay on her carpet in her room because she was so tired and in the middle of you know changing classes and lunch breaks and stuff like that and um you know, go to chemotherapy after school. So, um, she was a fighter and, um, just, she was a lover and just taught me all of those things and taught me the love of God. And, um, yeah. So a lot of that stuck with me in my anger with the Lord. Um, sorry, I drew a blank there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so what kept me going was just her voice in my head and just thinking, you know, what would my mother want me to do? Uh, how would she want me to live and continue on? So um, those two years went by. I uh, did a community theater, and that was really life-changing and um, experienced some spiritual warfare. And um, during that time was when... I started to um, realize that I couldn't clean myself up before I went to the Lord and I had to let him clean me up. And so um, the gospel just finally came to me. It's like I almost, it's like I heard it for the first time. Um, And yeah, I gave my life to, I'd rededicated my life, but I, I don't know. Complicated issue story, but wow, so good! <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Evan. Um, okay, there's so much I could say, but I'd also want to tell listeners if you ever meet Evan, he does not sound like what he just sounded like. He's the most joyful person I know, and so that's part of the reason why I'm having him on the podcast today is because um, he knows we're talking about joy um, and trial, um, and there is no one in my life that reflects that more than Evan. Um, the amount of pain, um, that Evan's been through in his life, um, is not what you see when you meet him. The glory of God is what you see. And 
Evan shares his story with many people. Um, if you've met and you've probably heard his story because that's, you know, the first thing he tells people when they, um, when they meet him and his story, um, exemplifies the gospel in a way that I think I've never seen before. And so, Evan, I want to go back kind of to the painful season of like, you've just lost your mom. Um, you've lost Randy. Um, you're what in eighth grade you're living with your grandma it's just it's dark um what was that like for you walk me through just that pain and you know you say it now like obviously now like you've it's what you're 10 years away from that yeah it'll be she died in 2014 so 2024 it'll be 10 years exactly right and so you've you've processed and like have healed a lot with the lord that's something you tell me a lot but what was it like then um, and just talk about that anger that you had yeah. um, towards the Lord. Well, as far as processing it, um, I remember I held a lot of stuff in, um, away from my, my family. I held a lot of stuff from them and it's not because, um, it, it's not like I wanted to, but I think when you're in that deep, of suffering you don't want your family to know that you're suffering because you don't want them to worry about you Mm. um and that was that's something that i'm you know processing still with them and and telling them and inviting them in is Mm. what it was like during that time um Mm. But I also just didn't want to be a burden to people. Um, and I learned and, and grew out of that um, and mm. how to really communicate and express my emotions. And um, so that was kind of the reasons why I felt like I was suffering on my own. And I didn't really know a lot of people who had lost, um, you know, who had lost many people in their life. And, um, yeah, so it just, it felt like I was doing it alone, especially with my anger towards the Lord. And um, the main, I mean, the main reason why I was angry with him was mm. I felt like the question was, why why would you take my mother away from me? Yeah. Why, why do I not have a father in my life? Mm. And... I think that's caused a lot that caused a lot of trauma in me. And, you know, it's not like my mom chose to leave. She didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, she was just taken by death. And so, um, I think there was a part of me that struggled to feel loved because I didn't have a father present. And so, but also there was the other part that was my mom like gave me love and affection and my grand my both my grandparents did and um very very thankful for both of my grandparents they um took me in and raised me and uh, after that after my mom had passed and um, my grandmother's still living and very thankful and blessed for her she has uh helped me and um, supported me through pretty much everything i've done mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i love her very much um but yeah it um Sorry, what, where was I oh, before I said that? I mean, I love what you're saying. I also want to ask another question of just like, how do you find joy in that trial? Because, I mean, I said that earlier of like, Evan, when you meet him, he's the most happy person you'll ever meet. Honestly, like jolly, I call him Santa Claus sometimes because <laughs> he's just so happy. And you, you it like, like the joy that he carries is the joy of the spirit. And so through all of that, you, just like how... D- did you have joy in that trial? And then how do you today have joy in trials because of what you've been through? Yeah. So it took, it took two years. Um, but then once I rededicated my life to Jesus and, um, heard, heard the gospel and truly like soaked it in for what it is and the beauty that it is. Mm. That's when my perspective started to change. And, um, I think the biggest thing that led me, one of the biggest things that led me back to him, I would say is understanding that I could have died in the mm-hmm. car accident, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, 
I should be dead, but the fact that I'm still here is a testament that God exists and that he has a plan for my life. Mm. And so I think that was the first step. And then it was hearing, hearing the gospel and then accepting and re- receiving that with joy. And yeah. Um, yeah. So basically what I've, what I learned through all of that was if you, if you asked me, would I go back and change anything that happened to me? I would not. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that I've experienced in my life has, one, it brought me closer to the Lord. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a, you know, not. it's not great all the time, but I'm just so thankful and I, and I have so much trust in God um, that, he's going to, you know, provide for me and deliver. Yeah. Um, in every single trial. Cause he did that. And I saw him do that, especially with a lot of the people in my life, whether it be friendships or, uh, mentors, father figures, mother figures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I saw him take care of me, yeah. um, through that time, which was really cool to see. Um, and then I also started just, relying on him for everything and um yeah that's so good i love what you said about how the lord provides in trial because i think often like i or people could look at your story in your life and be like wow that's so like horrible of god because i think we've talked about on the podcast like there's two ways you can go in suffering it's suffering with god or suffering without him and Mm -hmm. obviously you've chosen in your life to suffer with him and through Um, him even though there's dark you know seasons where you're not crying out to him but it is so encouraging kind of in what you said like who has the Lord provided for you um, in those seasons and just in general how have you seen the Lord provide in your grief and sorrow and all the just the joy like what are the little joys that God gives you in trials yeah so um, one of the things that I do is uh, I look back um, and see all what God has got me through Um, and what I wanted to, I wanted to add something to what you were saying about, um, you know, I want to add something to the anger with the Lord when I, when I was angry with him. Um, what I learned was that God does not cause things to happen, Mm -hmm. but he allows things to happen. Um, and I think the biggest reason and what I've been learning with uh, with the t- church that I'm at um, is God allows difficult things like that to happen to bring you closer to him, but also to, um, that's the main reason, but the other outcomes are, of that is to uh, test and build your character mm-hmm. um, and to prepare you for what's to come in the future. And... Um, the other thing is you have there's there's a weight that you carry in a conversation when you're sharing the gospel or when you're sharing your story um, of how Jesus changed your life. Mm-hmm. There's weight that you carry when you've been in the trenches, so to speak, as you know, compared to like someone who hasn't experience a lot of uh hard hardship and pushback um i don't i don't want to say more authority but it's like god gives you a more wisdom and authority to like speak into other people's lives and what's been really cool is um one of the things one of the many blessings about my story is that it's not like you don't have to dig too deep to know it because, you know, people will ask you questions about your family all the time. Like, what's your family life like? What's your, you know, your relationship with your parents like? And, you know, that's kind of like when you're getting to know someone, that's like a surface, not a surface level question, but, you know, it's like one of the first questions yeah. you ask is about your family. And it's been so cool because, you know, a lot of people or some people may shy away from that. Um, but I'm like, this is a really great opportunity to share the gospel. And yeah. um, 
share how how Jesus has worked in my life and changed it. And so that's probably been one of the biggest blessings besides having a deeper relationship with the Lord is being able to share the gospel so easily because I can be like, this is what's happened in my life. You know, when they ask a question like, well, what's your family life like? Well, you know, I lost my mother, don't have a father. But through that and through that struggle, I found God and mm. realized that he is who he says he is, that Come he's, on. you know, um, provider and savior and healer, healer and all those things. Um, wow. But yeah, so as far as like what brings, how do I find joy in the face of hardship? Um, looking back on, looking back on what I've been through and how God's got me through that. Uh, I look for the good and bad situations. Um, and I used to not do that, but when you go through trials, um, now I look, and, and that kind of goes along with looking back um, at how God has provided and taken care of you. But I look back on those things, and I'm, I just think, if I had not gone through those things, I would not have, I would not know what I know now. I wouldn't be walking with the Lord like I am now, um, and... I just learned a lot. So, and I, and I try to look for, okay, how can I learn? Like, what can I learn from this situation? How can Mm -hmm. I grow? How can I lean on the Lord more? And, um, and all of those things. Um, the other thing I do is I lift my face towards heaven. And what I mean by that is, um, I look for the hope of heaven and that one day, like Revelation, I think it's 21, is that what I said? Mm, Yeah, Revelation 21, where it talks about the new heavens and the new earth. Um, Jesus wiping away our every tear. Um, So I I look to that a lot, um, and to that hope, and hoping and and knowing that I'll see my family again, um, and all Mm. the loved ones that I've lost, but most importantly, seeing Jesus' face. Yeah. And... um, so yeah, hoping hoping in heaven and lifting my face towards uh, him. Um, I lean on God uh, a lot and lean on the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've learned, especially from not hearing God, is uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to read his, like, God speaks through his word. Yeah. Like, you know, I think sometimes God can be a feeling um, not him being a feeling he can give, you can have feelings about God. Yeah. Um, cause I don't believe God is feeling him. Eh. We'll get more into that. But, um, God, God can give you feelings and he, and he can, um, speak outside of scripture. But the main way that God speaks, everything has already been revealed through scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you don't have to, if you want to hear from the Lord, read scripture. Yeah. So good. Wow. Okay. There's so much I could pull from that. Um, but I just wanted to read this first cause I was thinking of it as you were talking, but it's Romans five, um, three, uh, it's, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. And because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. And I feel like that's kind of, what I see and what I'm hearing through Evan and you sharing your story that your suffering has produced the man that you are today. And when you said, you know, you wouldn't change your story because it has, um, given you so many gifts and just an ability to see the father in a different way as like, even you didn't grow up with a father and you've, you have a relationship with your heavenly father. That's priceless on this side of heaven. Um, because he is our true father and our, our only, um, perfect father. And so I think that's just so good. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all of that you've said, but just talking about that hope in, in, um, in pain and like how Jesus was your hope in throughout all of your story. And today, like, how has that kind of moved you? Um, I know you've said you feel called to ministry in some kind of capacity, but you have a gift of, of sharing stories and regardless, it doesn't have to be about ministry, but just like talk about you sharing the gospel. I want to share this one story and then I'll kick it to you. But basically our, we have a friend named Eleanor Hoffman and I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this, but 
she, um, the, how she met the Lord was Evan, um, shared his story to, I think maybe I've said this on the podcast. I don't know, but it was like the beginning of the school year, I think a year ago or two years ago. And they were sitting on the quad and Evan shared his story with her. And through that, um, Ellie, uh, um, the Lord had already been working in Ellie's heart. Um, and, it, but you know, that was a conversation that she had with Evan and hearing that story. I think she found herself at a worship night, like the next couple nights at Belmont university and she ended up giving her life to Christ. And so I just want to kind of hit home that the gospel is reflected through you, your life, Evan. And like in that, how is that something that you, you share with other people? And I would say to, to anyone who's listening, he is the most gospel driven person I've ever met, but like how has, like how does the gospel kind of change and transform you and through your story, kind of take that wherever you want to go. The love that God, had for us uh, when he sent Christ to live a righteous life on account for us, but also go to his death. And, um, and I say death and it, it is no light death. I mean, go through the most brutal death and also experience um, extreme amount, uh, an extreme amount of pain, um, both physically and emotionally and mentally. Um, I mean, it like it bring the, the gospel literally brings me to tears. Literally. And I mean, you've seen, you've he cries seen probably every day about the gospel. Honestly, um, The fact that God would give up his son for us mm. is just the most, I don't like, I just don't know a better definition of love than that. And um, mm. it's so hard. It's so hard to fathom because it's like if if I was in God's position, I would not do that. And thankfully, I'm not. Um, it's just like it's overwhelming. I, I can't even describe it. It is so overwhelming. And um, mm. it's for everybody. You know, it's not for a specific person. John three sixteen, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. For He did not come. I think this is seventeen. For He did not come uh, into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Yeah. And I might have left out a couple words there, but all of that to say, the gospel is for everyone. And it mm. is the highest demonstration of love. Mm. Um, it is greater than any human love that we have um, because it is from a perfect and good God yeah. who has no imperfections and he can love us unconditionally. And um, he's the only one like that can forgive us um, of our sins and the weight that that holds. Mm. And... Um, it just that's just so beautiful to me and and not even just that but the fact that god continues to bless us despite our sin like he doesn't even just save us he goes a step further and he blesses us um and continues to do so um Mm. and that's why i'm so passionate about spreading the gospel is because god's love for us is so transforming and so powerful that it's like you know, it's kind of like if someone found the cure for cancer, you know what I mean? Like, mm. how could you not share something so powerful and so meaningful? Um, mm. And it's and it's the cure for death. And it's having a relationship with your creator, which is how, you know, the world was supposed to be before it, it fell into sin. Mm. So, Wow, that's so good. Uh, two things I was thinking about as you were saying that just like in regards to the gospel it's like it's so simple but it's also the most extravagant thing that anyone could ever do for us and I love the way that you explain it because I think so often in our culture we kind of lose the gospel Um, we can say yes to Jesus and have surrendered to him and then kind of we find ourselves down the down or down the road that it's like oh I forget why I like even love Jesus, like going back to the simplicity of the gospel of like he died and three days later rose again so that you could live and have life abundantly. And that is a great love. Like, I think you said it like great love has none of this, that he would lay down his life for his children. Um, I think that's 
so beautiful. Um, I know you wanted to talk about God not being a feeling, but uh, we and we we've talked about it a little on the podcast, but just kind of this idea, I'll kick it to you of like, just how have you seen that God is not a feeling in your life? Just through everything that you've been through, like you did not feel God, obviously in the pain of losing your mom. Um, and what would you say to someone who is in kind of that pain, whether it's a loss of someone or just a trial that they can't seem to find their way up um just because when when life hits it hits hard and we've talked about that on this podcast that this life is um not easy but we're called to live um in the already not yet tension of um we're on our way to heaven and so what would you say to someone who's kind of in that pain and that struggle um and, and doesn't feel god right now yeah um well the first thing that i would say and the biggest thing that i learned was i actually started out uh not feeling god and now I feel, now I feel God. And, and, you know, of course there's times where I may not quote unquote feel him. Um, but I know he's there. Um, I'm trying to think I had some notes here. Um, yes, here it is. All right. So, uh, the first thing that I wanted to point out was we need to understand that, um, I love uh, this verse because it's so true. But Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mm. Um, of course, God understands it. <laughs> That's uh, the main thing. But um, we can't rely on us like to feel God, if that makes sense. And I probably phrased that weird. But what I'm trying to say is that because our hearts are deceitful and we're sinful uh, humans by nature, um, you know, our heart is constantly like telling us one thing and then telling us another. And so that's why we can't rely on our heart for truth. Um, mm. I love uh, this one scripture in uh, Psalm, it's Psalm 139, uh, and it's David talking about. Uh, how like no matter where he goes God is is there um, so I'm gonna read it real quick so wherever I go wherever shall I go from your spirit or well sh where shall I wow where shall I <laughs> flee from your presence if I ascend to heaven you are there if I make my bed and show you are there if I take my wing if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light be about me, even the darkness is not dark to you. The mm -hmm. night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Um, hmm. and, and that affirms to me that, like, here's the thing. God is, is om omniscient and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once and he knows every single person's thought. And so that one affirms me that God is with me even when I don't feel him mm. uh, and the other thing that I had to say was we must trust in his word not our hearts God is always speaking in his word you will either learn something or be reminded about God and his character um, mm. or how we must live uh, we'll learn about his story of salvation for humanity or we'll even learn something educational like I love reading Genesis and <laughs> like reading the narrative of it and all the genealogies and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, looking at the maps of like where Paul went on his missionary journey or like Abraham's journey from Ur or anything like that. I, I think those are really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, just as, as far as like affirming with more scripture, I love what Peter calls back to uh, in first Peter one through one, 24, uh, 25. Um, for all flesh is like grass and its glory like the flowers. The grass withers and the flowers fade, uh, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, to wrap wrap that up, we, we need to hold steadfast to his word and um, realize that God is, you know, we don't have to feel him all the time or hear or you know hear him we may hear him differently in different seasons um 
But I think the main takeaway is we need to seek his word. We yeah. need to like get in the word, seek him there because he is always there and he's always within us. I mean, I love um, the verse that uh, it's first Corinthian first Corinthians 619, which is, you know, talks about how we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so if you are a believer and once you make that decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit in like indwells in you and Mm -hmm. so you have god literally inside of you which i think is a great and comforting reminder so it's like if you don't feel god now like if you don't Mm -hmm. feel him right now he is with you yeah because all of that scripture that i just read yeah proves that he is with you right and so that's why it's so important that we need to lean on his word when we don't feel him Mm -hmm. because we will hear his voice there yeah if we don't hear it through people we like we can hear it through people we can hear it through signs or you you know we can hear his whisper but that's not always going to be firm and steadfast but what is going to be firm and steadfast is the scripture yeah so that's so good that's so good that you say that too like the the word is always going to be firm and steadfast in the sea of emotion that our lives can be um yeah and i think that in trial it's so easy i think that's the first thing to go is like reading the word because you're maybe so mad at god you're confused and i'm sure evan in your story like you can say that the word was probably not the first thing you were going to in that darkness of those two years um after losing your mom like as you come out of as you came out of that how did you find the word and like what does that look like practically for you in your life good question um (laughs) Yeah. Well, I realized that I couldn't rely again. I couldn't rely on my own heart because my heart was telling me all of these things. Um, But we know like from scripture that the word is the truth, the way and the life. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, Jesus. And he if you read if you read John, the gospel of John, the whole first chapter, um, it's so beautiful because it mirrors Genesis uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, and it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And with God and the word was God. And yeah. the word was God. And the word is personified as Christ. And mm-hmm. so he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so every single um, word that he says is truth. That mm-hmm. is, it is like undoubtedly objective truth. It's not subjective. Yeah. It, what he says it goes. And <laughs> what I love too is Jesus even says like everything before like Jesus was on the earth is like scripture. Mm-hmm. Like it's truth. And he affirms the truth in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, and I love that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that. In your day to day life. What does it look like in for my Evan life. to pop up in the Bible? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it's really hard because I'm ADHD, and <laughs> it's really hard for me to sit down and, and set tasks. Um, but it kind of changes throughout the day. Like, sometimes me getting in Scripture is not, like, a set a set time, and I'm trying to make it a set time um, because I always feel different when I read Scripture in the morning rather than, like, waiting and reading it later. But... Um, like sometimes me, like, I don't have to get any, I don't look, I don't read scripture to, um, find the answer to what I need. I read scripture to like figure out and learning more about God. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we should go, I don't think we should read scripture with, um, and I think scripture can be good. I think as far as like meeting what we need, but we really should be seeking scripture and reading it to mm-hmm. learn more about God yeah. and who he is and how he loves us and how we need to live and all of those things. And like, sometimes like you're going to get weird passages that have nothing <laughs> to do with you. Like, I mean, you know, one example I like to use is like Moses or God describing to Moses how the temple is supposed to be like, you know, golden lays and stuff like that. Like, you know, like that's not, how does that relate to, you know, your, your peace or whatever? Like it doesn't, but it's like you learn 
about God's character and how meticulous. And so basically I would just say when you're reading the Bible, make sure you understand the context of what you're reading, because that is so important. If you are trying to find, you know, like what should I do about this situation? Like how can I get peace and stuff like that? And you're reading like Leviticus, you're not going to like, you're not going to find peace there. But (laughs) the, the point is, is like, we need to read the Bible because the Bible, we need to read the Bible in that it is not written to us. It is written for us. Mm. It's written to different people groups Mm -hmm. over thousands of years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to the Israelites in the old Testament and then, you know, to, um, the Jews and to the Gentiles in the new Testament. And, um, so, and it's just like, read the Bible for what it is. Don't have any presuppositions mm-hmm. running. Uh, so as far as like calling back to joy in the trials, I want yeah, to yeah, share yeah. Um, a couple of verses that have helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being James one, uh, verse two through four, count it all, count it all joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let uh, steadfastness have its full effect that you may perfect and complete lacking mm-hmm. in nothing. And then another one that has helped me is um, God disciplines us for our good. And this is Hebrews 12, uh, 10 through 11, by the way, uh, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness for all for the moment. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, mm-hmm. but later it yields the, um, peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. And then one last one that I really loved, which was um, this. So context for these scriptures. um, One of the things that I was going to say earlier um, that I forgot to mention was when you're going through a difficult time, um, one of the questions you wrote on the Google doc was, what would you say uh, to someone listening, going through a hard time? And so, um, the first one is you're not alone in your struggle uh, in that God is present with you, whether you believe it or not. Um, and the other thing too, is like God through Jesus experienced all the, you know, pain that we humans face. And like I was saying that earlier, like, you know, he faced fatigue, hunger, sadness, betrayal, loneliness, abandonment, all those things. Um, and, and, you know, he experienced deeper pain, too, because he actually mm-hmm. saw the creation in its glory and, mm-hmm. you know, when it was created and then the fall of it. And so I wanted to go with that. So, like, and even, you know, Jesus didn't feel God. And that's another thing about not feeling God. Like, you know, we see on the cross, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. So, like, even, you know, God turned his face away from Christ and the context of that is that because all of the sin of humanity of every single human that's ever existed now, then, and in the future, like all of that sin is placed on Christ. And that's why the, you know, God turned his face away because he can't, Mm. you know, God cannot be evil. Um, Mm. yeah. Um, there are others who are going through what you're going through. Uh, you should grieve and feel your emotions. Um, and that's very hard to do. Um, uh-oh, got a little face sound. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Keep going. Um, you should grieve and feel your emotions. Um, you're not, you, you don't have to do that alone. Like I would seek, you know, count a counselor, but most importantly, I would seek the Lord to spend time with that or spend time with him in that, like, you know, pray over what you're, you know, going through be honest with them about how you're feeling because he cares for you and he wants uh mm. he wants to uh, care for you um seek help mm. that would that would be going along with therapy um and, and all of those things uh yeah oh yeah so the the big thing here is what you face now builds endurance and prepares you for future challenges so like i was sharing mm. those scriptures earlier um god will build and test your character through the challenges you face. Um, and not yeah. even just ones like that you would go through, like experiencing loss or anything like that, but persecution as well. Um, mm. And uh, that's why I love this uh, Romans 
yeah, this Romans 8 verse. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I read it. Did I read the for no. I consider it? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So this is big right here because this is like why I have so much joy. Um, mm-hmm. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption uh, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Um, and of course, that the only way to be free from that is is Christ. And so just knowing that, and like I was saying earlier about Revelation 21 and God and Jesus wiping away our tears just knowing that Jesus will come back and will restore humanity and there won't be any suffering and you know God will be dwelling with his people um, is is comforting to me and that's what is a big thing that gives me joy and trial and also like you know the Bible tells us we need to be joyful in trial Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way we can do that is by leaning on the Lord and, you know, just seeing how he's brought us through all of those things. And mm-hmm. uh, one more thing, and then we can wrap up. I'm sorry I'm taking up so much time. But there was a, a moment this week where I just experienced an immense amount of joy, and um, it just in, it inspires and encourages me, and I hope that it encourages you. But anyway, Emma and I are doing The Little Mermaid. Um, yes. You guys should come and see it it's this weekend and uh, <laughs> next next weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna do a shameless plug. That's so, good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we were doing it and we had our sits probe, which is where the orchestra and uh, the cast uh, runs through the music and everything like that. Um, and our director Angie heard the orchestra and she just started. You know, she was just overwhelmed emotionally because it was just really awesome. You know, for all of that talent to be in one room and um, it really inspired and encouraged me and I just was overcame, I was overcome with joy. And um, it just, it was so powerful and so joyful to be in a room with people that you care about and, and even people that you don't even know and like to create something that's bigger than yourself and mm-hmm. um, it was moving, and it reminded me of last last summer. I was uh, I'm in RUF MNIR, and uh, we go to this thing called SUCO, which is RUF Summer Conference, and it's called um, Reformed University Fellowship. For anybody yeah. who's wondering, um, and so we we went to SUCO last year, and uh, I was singing on stage um, one of the nights, and I was just looking out into the crowd, and I just saw. It was kind of like every every tribe from every nation type of experience. I just saw so many people from different backgrounds and so much diversity and skin color and um, voices and all of those things. And it was just, I looked out and it just everybody praising God, hands lifted up you know, type of thing. Or even doing people doing their own thing, hands not lifted up, you know, whatever it may be. They were praising God. And that was just a glimpse of heaven. And those two experiences for me just reminded me of like, that's joy. That's it's good. It's so great on earth. But like it, it reminded me that like that joy will be amplified and constant in heaven. And uh, it just, gives me something to look forward to it's like heaven's going to be awesome because that joy and seeing those things or it's just heaven like that even can't compare to what heaven's going to be like and so anyway i have a song (laughs) um do you want me to segue or do you want to segue yeah we'll play the song in the outro but um you segued uh perfectly because <laughs> here at the hot pot in heaven one day we are clinging to the words of jesus and i just want to say thank you for saying all that um and just as a, a an encouragement to you to whoever's listening like taking what evan's saying and applying it like 
finding joy sometimes isn't going to look like an everyday thing, but I think there are moments in life when you do see joy on the side of heaven and clinging to those when you can't feel or see God is, is key in, um, in processing the pains of this life. And so, yeah, uh, we at heaven one day are clinging to the promise of revelation 21 four. Uh, one day he will wipe every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Thank you, Evan, for coming on the podcast. You are the best. Uh, yeah. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Be encouraged that there is there is joy in the trial and seek community around you. You're not alone. Text a friend. Um, ask them to get coffee. Um, get plugged into your church. Um, take these truths and apply them, but also seek the people around you. Um, we love you. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, thank you, Emma. I'm very proud of you and <laughs> all that you're doing with Evan one day. You're sweet. This is a song I wrote about heaven, which is fitting for the hot pod. I wrote it back in 2022. What's heaven like? Does it have them streets of gold? Like it says in God's good word It might sound crazy But I believe it to be true Is it the master on his throne Calling you back home Living medicine Spurred from paradise What's heaven like? What's heaven like? Eternity of peace Promise to be free In the presence of the good Lord It's where I want to be There's no sorrow, death, or pain Yeah, the Bible states a plain but I still have doubts I can't figure it out And I ask myself the question What's it like in heaven? Is it a Sunday morning sunrise At a little country church with gospel choir just singing now There's no suffering or hurt Does he really have a mansion That he made just for me But I've got a lot of questions It's still a mystery What's heaven like? What's heaven like? Eternity of peace, promise to be free in the presence of the good Lord. It's where I wanna be. There's no sorrow, death, or pain. Yeah, the Bible states it plain, but I still have doubts. I can't figure it out, and I ask the same old question. What's it like in heaven? One day I'll see my mama Hope that I made her proud And I'll get to see my grandpa Racing in the clouds And then my time is up And they lay me in the ground I'll walk through heaven's gates Take it in and look around And 
what heaven's like what heaven's like